It is heavenly hope. I preached a very similar message to this early in the year in April, uh, but in my prayer time seeking God uh, for tonight's word and as a good follow-up to last week's word about persevering and not giving up, I felt that with everything that's been going on in the lives of our people here at South Metro, I couldn't think of a greater need this Christmas season than a word of hope. Amen? I don't know about you, but that's just the way that I felt. Uh, with like Pastor Darrell saying, one funeral, one passing after another, one difficulty, one heartache after another, I just think we needed to hear a word of hope tonight, so that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about heavenly hope. Uh, it's about a higher hope. It's a hope that helps us through even the most difficult of days. It's a hope that helps us hang on when it seems like everything else around us is falling apart and uh, being shaken in our lives. Uh, I thank God that there is a higher hope. It's a the same hope that enabled Jesus to endure the cross. The hope that I'm talking about is the same hope that uh, enabled him to endure the suffering and the pain and the shame of Calvary's cross. It's a higher hope and it's a heavenly hope. And how many of you know that in this evil, wicked world in which we live, we need a higher hope? Amen. In this world where the devil manifests himself at every turn, we need a higher hope. In a society where it seems like division is getting greater and greater, every single day we need a higher hope. In this wayward and wicked world that will disappoint us every single day, again, we need a higher hope. Amen? In this world where our hearts can be broken and our hearts can be filled with pain, we all need a higher hope. Not an earthly hope, but a heavenly hope. A hope that is certain, a hope that is sure, it's a hope that does not disappoint. That's the hope that I'm talking about tonight, and it's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 4, and a few other verses that we'll look at. We don't have PowerPoint tonight because I had to make the, had to make the decision, will we record this message so we can put it online and let you all hear it after today, or have a PowerPoint that lasts for just now? So I opted to go with the recording. I hope that you have your Bibles so we can follow along. Amen. But we're going to go to the Lord in prayer before we read the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we have a higher hope. We have a hope that enables us to endure, Father God, all the difficulties and the trying times of today. It helps us hang on. It helps us endure. That helps us to not give up, Father God, when life seems to get tough. I thank you that we have the same hope that was set before Jesus Christ, that hope that enabled him to endure the cross. So I pray that our eyes would be open to that hope, Father God, tonight if they're not already. I pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit, as always, would anoint me and anoint your people. I pray that you would anoint our time together, God, that you would come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, every hurt and heartache of the week and even of this day, God, and that you would give us hope, Father God, that your anointing would touch my mind and my mouth and my words, Father God, my body as well. Touch your people's ears, touch their heart that they might hear and receive, but then touch us in such a way that we might be doers of what we hear. I pray, Father God, that your spirit would just descend in this place and throughout this campus over everything that's being done, God. We invite you into this place. We pray that you would rest, Father God, not just in this earthen uh, building, Father God, but in this temple of flesh as well. Make your abode within us, I pray, Father God, and be high and lifted up and glorified in all that's done. We give you the praise and the glory, and all of God's people said, Amen. One verse, Romans 5, chapter 4. Paul is speaking to the church that is going through a trying and a difficult time like we seem to have been going through over the past week, month, might even say year. It says this, and not only this, but we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given us hope. 
and do a little teaching at the beginning of this message and all throughout. But the hope that Jesus or the hope that Paul is speaking of is an expectation which is certain, an expectation of those things that are sure, those things that are certain, those things that are unquestionable. The Greek word is on, well, it was on the screen. It's spelled E-L-P-I-D-A, and it is pronounced Elpitha. It's a certain hope and a sure hope. How many of you know that's the kind of hope we need today? We need a certain hope and we need a sure hope. We need a higher hope. We need a heavenly hope. We don't need an earthly hope that can disappoint us. We don't need an earthly hope to hang on to. We need a heavenly hope and we need a higher hope. And that's the hope that Paul is speaking of and the hope that we will look at this evening. It's the same hope that was set before Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago at Calvary's cross on Golgotha's hill. And it's found in Hebrews 12, verse 2. It's not on the board, but you can write it and look at it later. It was the hope that helped him endure. It was a higher hope. It was the hope of a harvest that would come forth from his death. And I'm going to teach you all of this as we go. Because John 12:34 says, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth the fruit of a great harvest church. And what we have to understand is that we are that harvest that the Bible talks about. We are that fruit that he talks about. We are the hope that it refers to in this passage of Scripture. The, the reality is the hope that was set before Jesus Christ was our salvation. The hope that was set before Jesus Christ was you and it was me. It was the, the great harvest that would come forth upon his death. If Jesus would not have died, there would not have been a harvest, church. But the hope that was set before him that enabled him to endure the cross. And I want you to grasp the depth of it because our hope is him. Our, his hope was us and our hope is him. Our, his hope was the hope of our salvation. That we would come to that place in our life that we would confess Jesus Christ as Lord and that we would believe in him so that we would have life eternal. This was the hope that was set before Jesus 2,000 years ago. It was the hope of a harvest. It was the hope of us being with him. And if you write anything down, you'll hear that. Or if you hear anything, that's what you're going to hear more than anything tonight. It was the hope of us being with him. It's exactly why Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you might be also. That was the hope that was set before Jesus. He knew that he was going to return to the Father, but he did not want to return alone. It's why he died on Calvary's cross, so that he would not be alone, that he would not be the only seed that was found in heaven, that he would not be the only fruit, so that where he was, we might be also. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he laid himself down, so that it could be us with him. Please understand, this was the hope that was set before Jesus that enabled him to endure the cross. The hope of him, like I said, not being alone, but us being with him in heaven. It was the hope of us sitting with him at the banqueting table. How many of you know there's coming a day when we will sit with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? We will sit with Him, we will dine with Him, and we will sup with Him. That was the hope that was set before Jesus Christ. It was the hope of us sitting with Him and living with Him for all of eternity, church, together with Him. The reality is, if Jesus didn't have a higher hope, He would have never endured the cross. If Jesus didn't have something better to look forward to, he would have never stayed on the cross. But how many of you know that we were the better thing that he looked forward to? I hope you understand that, church. I hope you understand that we were the better thing that he looked forward to. That we were the, that, that better thing that, that he had in store. It was us with him, church. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I willingly laid it down. I want you to realize that Jesus stayed on the cross because of you and because of me. No one took his life. He laid it down willingly. And the reason that he stayed on the cross, the reason that he clung to the cross, was because of the hope that was set before him. That's why he endured. And again, that hope was us with him. 
That was the main reason Jesus went to the cross. That was the main reason that he demonstrated his love because he wanted it to be us with him. You see, right now it's Emmanuel. Right now it's God with us. And I'm going to get to this later. Right now it's God with us. And that is so awesome to know that God is with us through all the trials and tribulations. But the hope that was set before Jesus and the hope that I'm talking about tonight is us with him. There's a big difference, and I'm going to teach you that this evening. The reality is Jesus didn't let go of the cross because he wanted us to be with him because we were his hope. Jesus clung to the cross because of the hope he saw on the other side. He stayed on the cross because he saw the resurrection. Jesus stayed on the cross because he saw his seat of glory. Jesus stayed on the cross because he saw the throne. Jesus stayed on the cross because he saw his return. He saw the defeat of his foe, church. He saw our salvation and he saw us with him. Amen? And that's why he stayed on the cross. This was the hope that was set before him. And this is why he endured. Because he saw something bigger and better than the suffering and the pain that he went through. And that was you and me. He saw us with him. I don't know about you, but that thrills me that the reason Jesus stayed on the cross and the reason that he clung to the cross, I want you to understand, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his love for you and me. It was because of the hope that was set before him. There was no nail that could hold him to the cross. There was no, there was no man that could hold him to the cross. There was no law that could hold him to the cross. Jesus clung to the cross because of the hope that was set before him. And that hope was us with him. That's all that he hoped for. He hoped for that day that we would be with him in paradise like the sinner that was hanging beside him on the cross. That's why he hung there. I hope you understand that we were that thief. And when he said, today you will be with me in paradise, he was talking about the hope that we have today, that there will be a day that we will be with him in paradise, just like Teresa is, just like Gary Leo is, just like Vivian Moffat's mother or father is. Today, they're with him in paradise. That's the hope I'm talking about. I thought in this little room I'd stay quiet. Get a little excited. But the Holy Spirit wants us to understand what he's trying to teach us is that we have the same hope that Jesus Christ had. And that is us with him. Please understand our hope is far more, like I said, than just Emmanuel, God with us. Our hope is us with God. Please understand. Yes, it gives me strength to know that Emmanuel is with us in the fire and with us in the flood. It gives me strength. It gives me great comfort to know that he's with us in the lion's den and he's with us in the storm. It gives me great relief to know that he's with us or with me in my sickness or with me in my lost church. It strengthens me. It comforts me. It gives me joy and it gives me peace to know that God is with us. Amen. You see, right now, today, it gives me comfort and it gives me joy and it gives me peace to know that God is with us or God is with me. No matter what situation or circumstance I'm going through, that is my comfort. Emmanuel is my comfort. Emmanuel is my joy. Emmanuel is my strength. Emmanuel is my courage. Knowing that God is with me is all of those things, but my hope is something else. My hope is that day that it will be us with God, just like it is with all those that have gone on to be with the Lord. Amen. Look, it's comforting to know that God is with us right now, but if that's all your salvation is based on and that's all your hope is based on, you have a shallow hope because my hope is built on the fact that there is coming a day that I will one day be with him and not just him be with me. Amen. That's the hope that I'm talking about. That's the hope that's on the other side of the cross, church. Jesus had a hope that was on the other side of the cross. We have a hope that's on the other side of the cross as well. We have a hope that's on the other side of this life. Right now, it is God with us. God with us in the fire. God with us in the flood. God with us in the sickness. God with us in the trial and the tribulation. God with us through the storm. God with us through the loss of our loved ones. God with us right now, Emmanuel. Right now, it's God with us. But there's coming a time, church, 
Like with the thief that I said who was hanging beside Jesus Christ when it will be us with him. There's coming a day when it will be today we will be with him in paradise. Please understand for 33 and a half years it was Jesus with us. For 33 and a half years it was Jesus with us. In the beginning was God and the, and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwell among us. Became flesh, Jesus became flesh for 33 and a half years. It was Jesus with us, Jesus with man. Ever since Jesus' crucifixion, it was the Holy Spirit with us. It's been the Holy Spirit with us every day. That's what it is. It's God with us, the Holy Spirit with us, and the Comforter with us. But I want you to understand our highest hope is us with God. That's our highest hope. That's what I hope for. That's what pushes me on. That's what keeps me preaching, keeps me praying, keeps me praising, keeps me working, keeps me believing, keeps me singing, keeps me dancing. Even in the middle of hell and high water, even in the midst of trials and tribulations like we face today, it's what keeps me going. It is me with God. It is us with God. That is our highest hope, church. It is us with God. I hope that sinks down into you today. That's, that was Christ's hope, and it should be our hope as well. The problem with so many Christians, however, is that they can't see beyond the cross. Been there. I can't see beyond the pain. Excuse me. Can't see beyond the chaos. Can't see beyond the confusion. Can't see beyond the trial or the tribulation. Can't see beyond the sadness or the sorrow or the storm. I can't see past the death of that loved one. Can't see past it, church. And that's why, it's why we give up. It's why we tend to have no hope. It's why we throw in the towel. It's why we quit. It's why we hang up our harp on the willow tree like I taught last week and stop singing our song because we can't see past the cross to our eternal hope, church. Listen, if the, the only thing the devil has to do to defeat us is to keep us from looking past the cross. The only thing the devil has to do to keep us from moving on and going on is to keep us from looking past the cross. Looking past the trial, looking past the tribulation, but on the other side of the cross is hope, church. And that is the hope of us with him. Please understand. If you think your hope is here on earth, you're sadly mistaken. If you think your hope is here and only here, you're sadly mistaken. And you will not endure and you will not make it through, church. If your hope is based on things in this earth and things in this world... You're not going to endure. You're not going to make it through. If your hope is built on Hollywood, if your hope is built in Washington, if your hope hinges and hangs on Obama or Biden or Bush or any other politician, if your hope hinges on Wall Street and a stock market and a 401k, if your hope hinges on the Pope or the pastor or even a priest, church, your hope will let you down because man will fail you. The things of this world will fail you. They will turn to rust. They will turn to dust. They will decay and they will fade away. But the word of the Lord and, and the, the surety of our hope in Jesus Christ will last forever. I hope you don't have your hope built on the things of this world. I hope your hope isn't on man or merchandise or the trinkets or the things of this world because they will all let you down, church. If you think your hope is only God with us in the middle of our mess, that's still not enough to help us endure to the end. I know that might sound strange and I know that might sound odd. But like I said earlier, God with us is what gives us comfort and gives us strength. But our hope is us with God. Why do you think Paul said, fix your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of our faith? Because he's our higher hope, church. Our hope is that banqueting table that I talked about. Our hope is that royal robe. 
Our hope is that crown of glory that we will one day wear when we walk on streets of gold, when we stand before the Lord, when we see Him face to face. Our hope is a new body like those that have gone before us have today. Teresa has a new body. She has a new home. She has a new name that's written down in glory. All of those that have gone before us, like my mother, passed away 25 years ago. She has a new home, a new name, and a new body, church. Her hope has come to pass. She was certain about her hope, as was Teresa and everyone else. But this is what our hope needs to be built on. Our hope needs to be built on higher things and heavenly things, church. Our hope is us with Him Our hope is eternal life after this life is over. And that is what should, that is what should help us and encourage us to endure. I don't know about you, but it blesses my soul to know that one day it will be us with Him. One day, and I'm gonna make this personal. I'm thrilled to know that one day it'll be me and my mom and Him. Like I said, my mom went on to be with the Lord 25 years ago, but my hope is built on the fact, and this isn't selfish and this isn't unbiblical, but my hope is the fact, is built on the fact that one day it will be me and my mom and him. One day it will be me and Gary Leo and him. One day it'll be me and Teresa and him. One day it'll be me and Moses and him. One day it'll be me and David and him. One day it'll be me and Elijah and him. One day it'll be me and all of those of the great host of heaven that has gone before us and run the race and fought the fight and kept the faith. One day it will be me and them and him. And there's no greater hope we can have than us being together with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, church. The great I am and the great I am. You put your name in there. I know that you're looking forward to the day that it'll be you and someone in God. There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus wants it to be us and Him and the Father. Us and Him and the Holy Ghost. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be with those that have gone on before us. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that the only way we'll ever see them is because of what Jesus did. And we have to endure. And we can't give up like I talked about last. That's the only thing he requires of us, church, is to not give up. Don't give up! When it's hard, when it's heavy, when it's hurting... When it's sad, when it's dark, when it's gray, the only thing he asks you to do is not give up. And to set your eyes on him, the author and the finisher of his faith, of our faith, whom for the what? The hope set before him. Please grasp the, this is like just awesome to me. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, you know what kept him going? You! You! Me! That's what kept him going. He looked down from that all rugged cross into eternity 2,000 years later. And he saw Daryl, and he saw Sammy, and he saw me, and he saw you. And that's why he held to that cross. That's why he clung to that cross. And I hope it gives you that understanding. When you find yourself on the cross, you hang on. Because you see Jesus. That's our hope. His hope was seeing us. It's what kept him going. What keeps us going? Seeing him. Look to him when things are tough. Look to him when things are rough. Look to him when the the road is hard and tough. Look to him, the author and the finisher of your faith. The author and the finisher. He's done everything he needed to do to make your hope certain. He finished it. He said it on the cross. It's finished. I finished your hope. I finished it. I don't have to do anything else. All you have to do from now on is look to me. Look to me in the trial. Look to me in the tribulation. Look to me in the storm. Look to me in the sickness. Look to me in the trial. Look to me in the tribulation. And it will see you through, church. How many of you want to make it through? Then look to Him, amen? You want to make it through to the end, look to Him. I just, to me, that was awesome to understand that the the thing that kept Jesus going was you and me. And the thing that keeps us going is Him. Look to Him, the author and the finisher of our faith, church. 
One day, one day, one day it will be us and Him. That's our hope. That should be our joy. That's unspeakable and full of glory. That should be that peace that passes all understanding. The devil, I don't, it don't matter what you're doing to me right now. I know I'm beaten, I know I'm battered, I know I'm bruised, but there's coming a day. There's coming a moment when I will get past all of this and I will be with the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. Oh, listen to me, church. We are so temporary minded. We're so wrapped up in the temporal, we're so wrapped up in the physical that, 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 that I think sometimes the reason we, we, it's hard for us to endure is because we don't see the eternal. We don't see past the cross. We're so consumed with all of the, this, and I'm not making fun of their props here, please, but earthly trinkets, earthly things. We're so caught up in that. This is all here to, Brighten up the stage. And there's nothing wrong with that for the kids to enjoy coming into the house of God. But this world has no hope. This world can't offer you certain hope and sure hope. The only thing that offers us certain hope and sure hope is the work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. How many of you want it to be us with him? Amen. Amen. I hope that blesses you as much as it's blessing me. Because when I was studying this, I needed this word. I'd have preached this to myself, and I did preach it to myself. I needed this word just with all that we've been going through. I needed this word, and I hope that it sinks into your life and your heart as well. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But our hope is in the fact that we will all one day be Together. Amen. It's why Paul said, Brother Darrell, Pastor Darrell read it. Why Paul said, encourage one another with these words. What words? What were these words? They were the words of hope. The words that one day we, all of us, will be together with the Lord in the air, in heaven, forever. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Am I, am I right, Pastor Darrell? There's coming a day that we will all be together. Those who have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ, received Him in their heart, endured, didn't give up. Those are the ones that endure to the end that will be together with Him forever and ever and ever. That's our hope. Amen? This is the hope that I'm referring to tonight. It's the hope that's found on the other side of the cross. The hope that's found on the other side of your trouble, the other side of your pain, the other side of your circumstance, the other side of this life, church. It's a higher hope. It's a heavenly hope. And it's the greatest hope we can have ever, especially at Christmas. It's the hope of us with Him. I'm going to contrast heavenly hope with earthly hope. If you were to ask Noah Webster, you all know who he is. If you were to ask Noah Webster to define hope, for us this evening, he would say it is to cherish a desire with great anticipation. <clears throat> I think many of us would agree that Christmas is Christmas morning, probably. Christmas Eve is one of the mo- greatest moments of expectation uh, we probably had growing up, especially as a child. I, mean, I was a child, man, I, I couldn't sleep at night, couldn't close my eyes. What's coming? What's coming? BB gun, bicycle gun, whatever it is. It was a moment of expectation, great expectation. I cherished that desire for my BB gun with great anticipation. But when we got older, you know what happened to that kind of hope. Went up the chimney and never came back again. Maybe for others, the greatest moment of expectation is their wedding day. A day of perfection. A day that was filled with great anticipation and expectation of a fairy tale and a dream come true. But you know as well as I do that for many, the dream turns into a nightmare. So does the marriage. And I'm not saying that to be funny. 
But it's the truth, amen? Because that's the problem with earthly hope. It often disappoints. It often lets us down. It often doesn't work out the way we want it to. But here's what the Holy Spirit wants us to understand is that when earthly hope fails you, there's a heavenly hope to cling to. When earthly hope lets you down, there is a certain hope that will not fail. When earthly hope doesn't offer you what you expected, there is a heavenly hope that gives you more than you ever dreamed of. Because the Bible tells me that God's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what I can ask or think. I might have some great expectations of what heaven's going to be like, but guess what? He's going to blow them all away. There may be some thoughts in my mind of what it's going to be like when I see the King of King and all of His glory. And when I walk the streets of gold and I, and I see the kingdom of God in my limited capacity, I have some expectations. But I promise you, when I walk through those pearly gates, I'm probably going to fall to my knees because it's more than I could have ever imagined and more than I could ever expect and more than I could have ever asked for. That's the hope that's set before me. More than I could ever think or ask of God has already been provided for me and waiting for me on the other side of this life. I know it hurts us when someone goes on to be with God, but I promise you there's a reason we should rejoice for those that have gone before us because they're being blown away by God. They're enjoying more than they ever thought that they could ever imagine. They're enjoying. I shared this in my prayer for for Sister Teresa today. The reality is we should rejoice and celebrate when someone goes to be with the Lord because she didn't just run the race, she won. She didn't just, she didn't just fight the fight, she won the fight, church. That's what we have to understand. And this is the thought. I'm, I know I'm wavering here. But this is the thought that I had. Was that if she was running an earthly race, or my mother was running an earthly race, or Gary Leo was running an earthly race, and I was part of his pit crew or part of his team, when they crossed that finish line, man, I'd be all over the place cheering and jumping and shouting. Because they won. These people won. They won. We should be celebrating that they won, church. That they defeated the devil, that they defeated the foe, and they made it all the way to glory. That they received their hope, church. We should be excited about that. Yes, I know it hurts, and yes, there will be empty places, but we cannot lose sight of the fact that they received that, what they were hoping for, and that was them with God. And now we're jealous like Pastor Darrell, when's it my turn to be with him? I don't, I, I don't want to pass away like, like he was talking about, but it's what should keep us going, amen? I know it's what kept Gary Leo going and Teresa going, us with him. Praise God, amen? A point is a popular use of the word hope that's used today expresses a mere wish that everything will turn out the way we want. We hear phrases like, I hope it snows. I hope school is canceled. I hope he asks me out. I hope I'm not too late. I hope I get a raise. I hope no one notices. I hope I get accepted. I hope I have enough money. I hope my wedding is perfect. I hope I get better. I hope, I hope, I hope. But how many of you know this is false hope? Because the reality is in this life, we don't always get what we want. In this life, things don't always turn out the way we expected. Because the snow melts too soon. The acceptance letter never arrives. The loved one passes away. The promotion goes to someone else. The groom doesn't show up at the altar. The money doesn't go far enough. All of those things that we hope for on this earth, we don't always get what we hope for in this life on this earth. But if our hope is in Jesus, 
If our hope is in God, if our hope is in Jehovah Jireh, if our hope is in Jehovah Nissi, if our hope is, and I could go on and on and on, naming all the names of God. If my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, you understand what I'm saying? That can't be taken. That can't be moved. That's the hope that doesn't disappoint. That's the hope that is certain. Because how many of you know God's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he would change his mind? When he speaks, he acts. When he promises, he fulfills. And he promised that, that if I would confess him as Lord, if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that he is Jesus Christ, the Lord, then I have a certain hope and a sure hope that there is coming a day that it will be me and him in paradise. Do you get, you getting what I'm teaching here tonight, church? Praise God. In this life, Jesus said, you will have trouble. Things won't always go smooth. Things won't always go your way. But thank God he doesn't leave us hopeless. Amen? Because Jesus overcame this world. And that's where our divine hope comes from. Our divine hope comes from the love that was lavished upon us that we would be called the sons and daughters, the children of God. Amen? It's the love that saved us from our sins. It's the love that went to prepare a place in glory so that where He is now, we might be also. I hope you're getting the the whole thing of us with Him. It's all throughout Scripture. It's not just... The Scripture is full of not just Him with us. It's not just filled with Emmanuel, it's filled with the promise of us being with Him. And there's a big difference, church. And this is what our hope should be built on, us with Him in the natural. Hope is simply to desire something with the anticipation of obtaining that desire. But unfortunately, earthly hope comes without any guarantees. It makes fantastic offers. But it gives no refunds when it fails to satisfy. Earthly hope only lasts for so long. Earthly hope doesn't always come through for you like I said. Earthly hope makes many pretty promises every day. But it breaks them all the time and it disappoints us in the process. Every day we buy this and we buy that and we try this and we try that in hopes that it will make us feel better as people, look better or live better in some special way. Only to find out that our hopes were built on false advertisement. Because no matter what we try, no matter what we buy, no matter what we use, we might end up looking the same feeling the same, living the same. Because in this life, things will keep falling out, keep falling down, keep aging. Amen? Because everything in this world is temporary. Because that's life in the natural. And it's why earthly hope comes with no guarantees. As I wind this down, if you look again at Webster's definition of hope, it's usually in reference to expectations of Fleshly things and earthly things, temporal things, things like I said, without an eternal guarantee. Well, they might give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. They might give you a two-month guarantee. They might even give you a five-year warranty. But they're not going to give you a... Well, they even say, there are some today that say lifetime warranty. But please understand, even the lifetime warranty is on something that will never last forever. So there's no such thing as a lifetime warranty. There might be lifetime warranty, but Jesus, please get this. Jesus is giving us an eternal warranty. Jesus is giving us an eternal guarantee. It doesn't run out in five days, five months, five years. It doesn't run out, listen, when we pass away. It's an eternal guarantee that if we believe in our heart and confess with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, guess what? I will be with him for all eternity. It will be us and him for all eternity. Earthly hope can be filled with disappointment because earthly hope is based on the work of man and it's based on the word of man. It's based on the ability of man. 
It's based on the influence or affluence of man or the wisdom of man or the generosity of man or maybe even the greed of man. Earthly hope is defined by man and it depends on man. But Paul tells us in Romans 5, 4 that there is a hope that doesn't disappoint. There is a hope that won't let us down. It's the El Pitha hope, a certain hope, a sure hope, a higher hope, a heavenly hope. It's a hope that's defined by God and a hope that is dependent upon God. The hope that I said earlier that became flesh and dwelt among us. The hope that was full of truth, the Bible says. Amen? That's the hope that we're talking about tonight. That's the hope that I'm winding down with. A higher hope and a heavenly hope. It's a hope that comes with the guarantee, like I said, that whosoever receives and believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? That's why this hope will not disappoint, because it's built on the finished work, like I said earlier, the finished work of Jesus Christ. Romans eight twenty four to 25 is what I've got two more verses I close with. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait patiently for it. And what it means here is we wait with certainty for it. The hope that he's talking about is we wait with certainty for it and we wait with surety for it and we wait with guarantee for it. We should never question the promise of God. We should never question eternal life for you and me. What it is, it is certain, it is sure. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you serve the Lord and you endure, there is a certainty and a guarantee that you and I will be with him. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. That's what the hope that I'm talking about does. It helps you keep going. It helps you endure. It helps you press on. It helps you be still and know that he's got it. It helps you wait for it, church. I know we don't like waiting, but that's what this hope that we're talking about does. It helps us wait patiently for it. What we don't yet have is heaven. Amen? Some others this week, they have that now. They have heaven. They have the Father. They have the promise. They have that hope manifested in their life. They have that promised land. They have their milk and they have their honey. Amen? We don't have that yet. But the Bible tells us that if we understand this hope, it enables us to wait patiently for it. To wait patiently for it. Every day we should, we should say, God, I mean, I know we pray it sometimes. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, if it's not tonight that the Lord calls us home or takes us home, tomorrow we need to wait patiently for it. We need to wait for that promise. We need to wait for that hope. Each and every day that we get up, we need to be prepared to wait for the promise and the hope that God has for us. And if we keep our eyes fixed on Him, the author and the finisher of our faith, it enables us to wait patiently. Amen? So that's what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. This is what the closing verse. In Ephesians, Paul told us that before... Uh, we become Christians, or before we became Christians, it says this. We separate, <clears throat> we're separate from Christ. Before we become Christians, we're separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners in the covenants of the promise without hope. And without God in this world. It's Ephesians 2.12. But how many, of you, how many of you know that's not us? Amen? We're not without hope. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ, amen? Now, if you're here tonight and you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't have hope. You don't have the hope of glory. You don't have the hope of heaven. You don't have the hope of a royal robe or a crown of glory. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have that hope. And I would encourage you tonight that if you don't have Jesus Christ, that you accept Jesus Christ and you find Jesus Christ so that you can have the same hope that we have. But the majority of us here tonight, I believe we have hope because we have Jesus. Amen? We're not without hope because we have Jesus Christ. Emmanuel is God with us now, every day in every situation. But our hope is us with him. How many of you are thankful for that hope? Can you stand to your feet because we're going to close?
We don't have an temporary hope tonight. We have an eternal hope. Amen. We have hope that was not made certain by the work of man. It was made certain by the work of Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Right now, like I said, it's God with us. I'm thrilled with that. I'm thankful that we gathered in his house tonight and he's with us. He'll be with us when we leave. He'll be with us when we get home. He'll be with us when we get to work. He'll be with us tomorrow through the... He'll be with us until it is us with him. Amen. How many of you are looking forward to that day? The fulfillment of that promise, the fulfillment of that hope. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day that it'll be us with him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you, first of all, that you are with us. Even now, God, you're with us in this place. Your spirit's here, your presence here, your power is here. We sang earlier about your healing and prayed for your healing to be here and your touch to be here and your goodness to be here. I thank you that you're here with us tonight, God. I thank you that we do not have to go through this life alone, that you are an ever-present help, the Bible says, in times of trouble. I thank you that you're with us through our trials and our tribulations. You're with us in the times that we struggle and hurt, Father God, and find ourselves pressed in. You are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. That's what gives us courage. That's what gives us strength. That's what gives us boldness and joy and peace, Father God. Uh, in the midst of life's difficulties and struggles, knowing that you are with us. But I pray tonight, God, that that we would have gained a better understanding of the hope that we have, Father God. And that is the hope of one day us being with you. One day us being with you in paradise. One day us sitting at the banqueting table. One day us supping with you and eating with you and dining with you. One day us beholding you in all of your glory, Father God. One day us receiving that crown of glory. One day us wearing that robe of righteousness. One day us having our names read from the Lamb's book of life. One day us inheriting all of that, Father God, that you have in store for us. One day us walking the streets of gold and walking through the pearly gates. One day us, God, being with you on the other side of life. That is our hope. And I pray that we would have a better understanding of that tonight because there's some people, God, that might not have that hope tonight. They need the hope of knowing that there is something better on the other side Something better like Gary Leo is enjoying right now. Something better like Teresa Lewis is enjoying right now. Something better like my mother is enjoying right now. And all of the family members and the loved ones that have gone before us, they're all enjoying something better. Something bigger, something greater than this world could ever offer us. I pray especially during this holiday season, God, where our trees are surrounded by earthly trinkets. God, they're an expression of our earthly love for one another, and there's nothing wrong with that. But let us never lose sight of the greatest love of all. The greatest gift of all, which came in the form of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. As we sit around, Father God, Christmas tables and Christmas trees and find ourselves in the midst of Christmas parties and doing Christmas shopping and watching Christmas movies, that there's nothing wrong with God. Let us not lose sight of that certain, sure, unshakable hope that we have in Jesus Christ that one day we will be with you. Let it be the thing that drives us every day. 
Let it be the song of our heart every day. Let it be the thing that helps us press through and press on to fight the fight and run the race and keep the faith. Help it be that thing, Father God, that keeps us singing even in times of sadness. Keeps us smiling in the midst of the storm. Keeps us dancing, Father God, when we feel the weight of the world upon our back because we have a reason to sing and we have a reason to dance and we have a reason to rejoice even when this world is heavy upon our heart. And that reason is that we have a higher heavenly hope, the hope of us being with you. God, if there's anyone in this house tonight, God, I cannot forget. If there's anyone in this house tonight that does not have Jesus Christ, help them realize they have no hope at all. I pray that they would also realize that all hope is not lost. Because whosoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, they shall not perish, but they too shall have everlasting life with Jesus Christ in glory. So, Father, if there is anyone in this house tonight that's not received you, I pray that they would pray that prayer, meet with someone, see me, see the prayer team after service. And make things right so that they too could have a hope that sees them through. Let this holiday season, Father God, this Christmas season, not holiday season. Let this Christmas season be filled with Christ. And let this Christmas season be filled with a higher hope. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And all of God's people said Amen. Can we bless him for that hope? Amen. Amen. If you need Jesus, we'll be here and pray with you. You need special prayer, special touch, we'll be here. Otherwise, you go and be blessed and cling to that eternal hope. Amen.